0: Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Now joined by the great William Brad Alice. I am Mike Luke. Hello, William. Hello, Michael. All right. Well, let's get our thought first. Uh, your thoughts on the ASU game before we start previewing the LA schools right here. Or excuse me, the ASU game. What did you think? What were your uh, What were your takeaways from that game?
1: I think Arizona let one get away. Um, you know, if they hit their free throws, if. They secure some rebounds. Um, you know, I know people are, are are calling into question. You know what? More bad things can happen if you step up and defend that that three point heave than if you just wait for him at mid court. So I don't have a problem with that. I know they've talked about maybe Balo should have tried to miss on purpose, but with the way Umar Balo is shooting free throws right <laughs> now, you were more than likely he was going to airball it. Um, in which case, you know, they have a time to amply set up everything um, as opposed to, to even rushing what they rush. So uh, my bigger problem is like, you know, you look at the play, The, the there's the one where uh, Tubelas falls and just kind of was casual with the basketball. Right. Um, Some plays like that, you know, a couple of rebounds they could have probably grabbed. But at the end of the day, it took, you know, ASU having their best shooting day of the year and uh, kind of, you know, a, a miracle-ish play. Uh, credit ASU for hanging around. You know, Arizona could never really pull away from that game. Um, and it further just cements my thoughts that Arizona can lose in the first round or they can cut down the nets and every other option in between is on the table. This is just do, that kind of team.
0: Do you worry about with uh, Azulis Tabellas a little bit of a, a Michael Dickerson type thing here? where Because uh, to, when I watch him, Brad, he looks and again body language is one thing it's hard to read into but he just doesn't look engaged right now he doesn't look like the guy and the fact that he's having to be substituted in and out at the end of a game that's a bad look for a guy that was supposed to be a first team all-American just two weeks ago
1: he looks like he hit he hit a wall again um last time it was due to injury this time I don't know is it conditioning is it you know midterms I don't know but he looks physically and mentally like he hit a wall. And did the year before. So it, it it is a concern because two weeks ago he was the Pac player of the year. And right now I wouldn't vote for him. I agree. Um it, it's it's and it's not even close. Now it also helps that you know UCLA has a what three-game lead, um, and at worst will probably be a two-game lead uh to win the win the regular season title. But uh, you know, Tobel's still having a very good season, but we're kind of exactly where we were last year, where he was struggling down the stretch. The problem is last year he was this team's second best player, maybe third best player. This year he's their best player.
0: Right. So you you got Ben Matherin, you got Coloco, guys like that that can mask that, but now all eyes are on you right now and that's, you know, that's something that you can't really get past. Now, going on to USC right here. Um This is obviously a huge road, not necessarily for the conference because obviously UCLA's locked that up, but as far as seeding goes, because again, if you sweep the LA schools on the road, you're right back in contention for a one seed. But let's start with USC a little bit. Andy Enfield gets beat up a lot. I like Andy Enfield. I think he's done a great job at USC. And quite frankly, I think you can make the case that he's the best coach in USC history. Every single year, you're probably going to win 25 games. You'll get in the tournament. You're long. You're athletic. I know he's not a great X's and O's guy, but this is a program that you got to take seriously
1: now and since he's been there, quite frankly. This is one of those weird situations. Andy Infield is a very good coach. Mm-hmm. There, I think, are some odd comparisons, actually, to Sean Miller. Okay. Where he's not a great coach. He hasn't had the signature run. Now Miller went to the elite eights that infield, I don't think has gone past the sweet 16 or did he get to that? Uh, one got to, he got to the elite eight, eight. over year. but to really elevate himself, he needs a couple more deep runs, Right. but they're USC, right? They're not a basketball school. So the question becomes at what point, Because on paper, Infield has done everything you could really ask at that school. The problem is he's probably not good enough to take him to another level. The problem is when they do have a guy take him to that next level, he's leaving for a better job. So are you content with Andy Infield? And again, they're going to be top four in the Pac-12. They're going to be capable of making second weekend runs. I don't think he can win a national championship at USC. And you could argue that maybe no one can win a championship at USC except that you, know, you have to get that special guy right you have to get that Lute Olson who then stays but if we're ranking coaching jobs the last two or three years Enfield's third I would agree with that I think and and honestly I think it's easy to make that case Dana Altman has slipped the last couple of years I think right I think if you'd asked me a year and a half ago Dana Altman's the best coach in the pac 12. right now he's done the fourth fifth best job right. um you know, I agree with that Cronin and, and Tommy have done the best jobs Right. Cronin obviously has that that Final Four to his credit. Has now has his league championship. Lloyd is you know despite the fact that Arizona's going to finish second or in the conference, his numbers are gaudy because they could still conceivably, although unlikely, get that second number one seed. I think a two seed is a much more realistic possibility. Um, and at worst, there are three in year right. two. Um, and so it's really a fantastic run. But yeah, infield, it just the problem is he's not winning league titles. And he doesn't have that that signature run. Even you know he had the elite eight run, but it's in the COVID year, and we forget about it. Right. Um, but, but you know it's he brings in really good players. He's developing pros. He's again, I can't think of a time he's been worse than third or fourth. So um, in a weird way, he's a much better version of kind of what Hurley's been. Hurley's been consistently I, just I think that's exactly
0: term. what he is. I think he's exactly that in that you're going to be right in this realm but you're going to be better than what ASU is. You're always See, I think if you're USC, you're ecstatic to be in there or you're ecstatic just because we've seen the Henry Bibby years, we've seen the, you know, the Tim Floyd obviously he won a little bit, but um we've so seen there were the bigger K. ups and downs. Years. Right.
1: And so my question is at what point does he become USC's version of Ernie Kent, right? And do you get the pressure to run him off, chasing something better than you are, right? Uh, in many ways, you. I think you want an app comparison. He's Dick Tomey,
0: right? I think that's exactly um, who he is.
1: With maybe out the, with maybe not the lows. I mean, if USC basketball could potentially be better, but odds are, anyone else you're going to bring in is going to be worse you might have higher highs but you're gonna have lower lows so to me yeah you just keep rolling with andy infield and hope you you catch magic in a bottle because again also their fan base i don't think cares enough right it's a football school right um you know let's say and, and maybe this is a horrible week to bring up this example but let's look at what oats is doing in alabama if they get a what if, if if oats becomes matt painter Gets number one seeds, but doesn't make those deep runs. I think Alabama is Alabama content with him. They should be, but I don't mm-hmm. know if they are, but they should be. So, yeah, I think that's what you're looking at with infield. It's a football school. So I think infield has some protection. Uh, my fear for him is they're going to think, well, he's gotten us to, you know, seven straight NCAA tournaments, but why hasn't he won the title? And, you you, you know, you you blow him out. And- All right. Let's talk, so now, let's talk the right about
0: guy. Let's talk some of these matchups here because there's a lot of interesting matchups here. But first, Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out um, downtown Tempe, or you can come to the tap and bottle watch parties. We're going to have a tap and bottle watch party this Saturday at eight o'clock. We would love to see you there. Four Peaks, though, will be there. You can maybe get a kilt lifter. Quite good stuff. Again, love to see you down there. Check out the show notes and the link in the description and. Tap and bottle. Tap and bottle again. Like I said, tap and bottle watch parties. Scott and Rebecca have done a great job. Would love to see you down there. Um, come yell at the screen. The great William Brad Alice has been down there before. Everybody has been there, like celebrities like Brad. You could come down there and maybe see uh, you know, see somebody you grew up listening to. Just putting that out there. I'd love to see you down there. Tap and bottle watch parties. All right, USC to me is interesting because they're kind of a They've got two good players that can really take over a game in Boogie Ellis and uh, Drew Peterson. Um, after that, you got a lot. Of, it's your typical SC team. You got a lot of athletic wings: Kobe Johnson, uh, Trey White up front. You got Joshua Morgan, Vince Iwachukwu. Um, but those are the two guys right there, and those teams are scary because when you got two guys that can take over a game, you could obviously lose those games. That's those are the two guys that I'm curious to see. I'm assuming Courtney Ramey gets the Boogie Ellis assignment. I'm assuming Pella Larson or Sed Henderson get the uh, Drew Peterson matchup, Brad.
1: Yeah, I would think they'll they'll go with that combination most of the time. Um I think what will be interesting to see you can't let both get get going. One of the guys gets his fire, gets 20. You're fine. It's when both are in that 17 to 18 range. Uh, that you're likely in trouble. So my guess is they sell out to to slow down Ellis because right. I think that's an easier matchup for what Arizona has. You kind of bring, you know you you bring waves at him. You know, you bring Ramey, then you 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 throw Boswell on him. um, if you have to, you throw some length at him. Um, so Peterson gets twenty twenty two, you, you're fine, but again, it's if both guys are at eighteen and the third guy's at fourteen, that's where that game becomes dicey. So Arizona really has to have a good game plan to stop basically the other four uh, right. who are on the floor. And if you can do that, you know, Arizona is a better basketball team. But USC is talented enough. They're athletic enough uh, that they can pose some problems for Arizona. And, and if, uh, if if you're hitting from several spots, kind of like ASU did. Uh, then you're in trouble because, you know, as we know, as we've just spent 10 minutes talking about, right. USC is better than the issue. USC's a legit tournament team. And, again, built in a way that Arizona is a tough matchup for them, but they're also a tough matchup for Arizona.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Uh, Julius Tabellus. we've been talking about him. This is going to be another, you know, you, you got to break out of it at some point here, you would hope. This is going to be a tough matchup for him, though, because USC, the one thing that Arizona has struggled with in the past has been length, has been strength, and has been athleticism. And USC, as all we've always talked about, has an abundance of that up front. You got two of the leading shot blockers in the conference right there. This is a game that zoo has got to step up. And I will say this, though. Everybody talks about how Azulas had, you know, his best game against Oregon of his career. I still maintain his best game of his career was when he dropped 31 and eight on the Mobley Brothers as a freshman right there just considering who he was going against but this is a big game for zoo right here
1: yeah to me this one comes down to kind of strength versus length can zoo and and ballo exert their will uh get their positioning which then allows you know to to bellis is is a skilled big man but he's not a weakling right uh you know when he gets his feet set on the block you're really not moving him and then he hits you with that little you know pretty drop shot or whatever or is that length and athleticism going to poke balls away before they get there? Poke balls away, you know, when, when you're trying to establish position, block shots. So, again, it's really which team can exert their will in with their bigs and I think win this game unless one of the wing players for either team really catches fire. And that, again, gives you a double-headed kind of assault. So if suddenly you're getting 18 from zoo and 18 from Ramey advantage Arizona, but if it's the Peterson Boogie combo, then yeah, advantage USC.
0: All right. What are you going with? What's your prediction in this game, Brad?
1: We have seen Arizona rebounds from every tough loss. I think they do it again. I think Arizona is going to win. I think Arizona is just a better team. And, and in a weird way, they're playing for more, right? USC. Yeah, they can improve their seeding, but USC is going to be somewhere in that, what, six to eight range, probably? Right,
0: something like that.
1: Barring a a, a huge, you know, barring upsetting Arizona and then, be, you know, beating like UCLA and or Arizona again in the Pac-12 tournament. You know, maybe you can go up a few seeds. But, you know, Arizona, while the one is not off the table, it's now, but you're really trying to play for it too. You're trying to stay out West. You're trying to, you know, put yourself in an advantageous situation. Cause again, the difference between a 15 and a 14, especially for a team like Arizona that has letdowns, I think is immense. Right. I agree. Um Typically. Yeah. That that's one of the big jumps in seating that we see. Fourteens are capable of upsets. Fifteens rarely are without, a you know, unless
0: you're Santa Clara.
1: Santa Clara who was it? Richmond who beat right. know, Syracuse 20, 30, 40 years ago. I think it was 40 years ago. GM old. Um, but yeah, so again, wasn't I think it, it's wait a, a second, wasn't it South Carolina that Richmond beat? No, uh, Richmond. I that South Carolina lost too was a two. This was like this the first two seed to lose was, was Syracuse in like 87, 86. It, That's, right. Talking, That's right. We're talking pre-Mike Luke, right? We're pre- talking You know, oh, Mike Luke was
0: alive in '87, but
1: very young. We're talking Arizona playing Charles Barkley, old, or Arizona playing Alabama with the novelty of like, we're actually in the tournament, not right. Oh, we've been in the tournament for 37 consecutive seasons, so yeah, but yeah, we're, we're talking that, but again, there is a big difference between that three and that four or that two. All right, Brad, you
0: went viral for something that was very impressive that you caught. Other people tried catching the video after it, but William Brad Alice caught it live. I want to get to that here in a second, but two things. More furniture, morfurniture.com. I made the big mistake of getting this... uh, Thing behind me, not for more furniture. And a, real, uh, a guy came and it took six hours for him to assemble. He was here at one uh, thirty and he wasn't gone until 7.30. And he actually tried to watch the game here with me until I told him to get lost. But at More Furniture, you get great furniture and you don't have to worry about that hassle. Great prices, great setup. And they've got all kinds of furniture for people that are built like William Brad Allison, myself, or birthday boy Brody Dryden right there. All that stuff, MORfurniture.com and game time. Let's just say you're like Brad Alice and you like going to, you know, sporting events, or you like going to concerts and watching bad music, whatever the case may be. I think that uh game time could help you out because it can get you 60% off. And many times you can get in there and you don't need to have uh you don't need to have these tickets. Just go to game time, check out the show notes and the link in the description. All right, Brad, I want to give some kudos here to Dave Hickey right here, quite frankly, because what's going on at Alabama and we're going to tie this into Arizona, I think is quite, quite frankly, it's disgusting. Um, you got Brandon Miller who everybody knows is one of the two or three best players in college basketball brings a gun, uh, to a, uh, a conflict that where a guy ended or where somebody ended up losing their life. um, Come to find out that the uh, the perpetrator had texted Brandon Miller, telling him that there's an issue about to go down. And Greg Byrne, Nate Oates, both said that they were playing Brandon Miller because they knew all of the uh, details. Well, come to find out, they now are admitting they don't know all the details and they're still playing Brandon Miller. Then Brad Alice is watching the game, and he sees Brandon Miller getting patted down during his uh, uh, during his uh, pregame uh uh, intro, you got to remember here that within context, in the in the two years before Greg Byrne left the U of A, you had Craig Carter, who U of A had to pay a million dollar, the state had to pay a million dollar settlement to for um uh, uh felonious uh, assault. Orlando Bradford, same situation as far as the assault. Elliot Pitts, it was a mess off the field. But Dave Rich
1: Rod allegations,
0: with, right. It was a mess way. And then you were about to have the book Richardson thing blow up. It was a mess. What Dave Heakey inherited. And I'm a, I'm not a big fan of huge coincidences. And this has followed Greg Byrne to Alabama as well. Am I being too rough on Greg Byrne? Or am I saying that, you know what, at some point you're the common denominator there.
1: I find it interesting. And I said this when Byrne was still here. It's a lot of stuff against girls and women. Mm Mm-hmm. That's maybe the biggest concern. Again, Book Richardson, I could care less. I still don't think it's a crime what he did. I think it's an NCAA violation, maybe. Right. Who did it really hurt? I think he was railroaded. Right. Um, You know, loaning Keanu Pinder money and not turning the correct form in? Boo-hoo. Right. Right. The Elliot Pitts thing is murky because of prior relationships, but again... Female. He got popped with a lot of
0: Title IX violations there.
1: Yeah, but prior to that, female student-athlete. Craig Carter, female student-athlete. Orlando Bradford, female student. Um, apparently, other things during the Rich Rod era, whether he is guilty of the sexual harassment, apparently there's some other things. We're gonna, guys not being appropriate around women and in, in the, around the football office. Um, The young lady who lost her life. And, and let's caution this. According to Miller, and right now, according to the police, Miller did not br- actually bring the gun. He was asked to bring a gun. So let's, but any way you look at it. So let's, let's just throw this out. Um, I'm going to make up a player. Mike Luke playing for uh, the University of Southern Arizona has a DUI. Right? Even if he serves his two-game suspension. But you go out and do a hand slap and finish it off like that. That's tone deaf. Yes. Um, let's say there was allegations of sexual harassment and you do a crotch chop or a right tone deaf. Yep. First of all, you shouldn't be doing anything like that in your pregame introduction. I know I'm a 50-year-old man, white dude, middle class. The coach needs to know what is going on. You shouldn't do anything that hints of violence.
0: And keep in mind, too, Nate Oates also was the one that said Brandon Miller was just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Sure. I mean there's go ahead
1: okay so you're let's just go back remember when hassan adams had his dui if he had done mm-hmm. something that looked like him drinking a beer like mm-hmm. the stone cold steve austin yeah we would we would be up in arms mm-hmm. and rightfully so rightfully it's tone so um uh, let's say you were the passenger in the car with hassan adams and you did that god forbid hassan adams had hit someone i don't mean to drag hassan adams in this you know i, I as terrible as the crime of drunk driving is, it's something that people across all boundaries have done or have almost done. Or this is right. murder. Um, right. And I again, I've always said I look through things in the prism of me, my fan. So I have never—I don't know anyone who's ever murdered anyone. I've never been close to, you know. I've known a guy who's been a DUI. I'm, you know, unfortunately, I've known people who were he said she said. Um, But whatever you're doing, you shouldn't draw a comparison to something that has already happened. But I'll be frank. I know Nate Oates is now claiming that he's done it all season and it's because it's the the TSA pat-down. Don't care. Okay. Guess what a lot of people are going to think. Young black man being patted down by a white guy, they're thinking the cop controversy. You should not have controversy in your pregame introductions. So anything that hints to me of... Smoking, drinking, gambling, fighting, gunplay—probably does not belong in your pregame introduction. Um, regardless of if you're BYU with the squeakiest, cleanest program ever, right. you probably don't want a guy doing the little, you know, thing. Right? Just don't do it. Right. So why are you doing a pat down? I don't know. Do a five thing: complex slap, knee, elbow, bash you know, whatever, you know, whatever Kirk Creasa does, where the guy presents him with the headband or. Right. It's just don't draw controversial subjects. I do find when you've had a murder.
0: I do find it fascinating though, that this stuff is all, you know, to our knowledge, at least publicly, this stuff is all stopped since Byrne left. I do find that fascinating.
1: Again, I'm sure there's stuff we don't know about.
0: Okay, I'm talking to stuff that's broken publicly, though. But the Carter, the Bradford, the Pitts, all that stuff. There were bad stuff that happened under Live and Good. No doubt. No doubt.
1: Right? I can think of one. Especially minute.
0: within the, the Dick Tomey era, for sure.
1: But I, can, I can't I can think of many that were that severe.
0: Um, yes. When you was lose a million dollars, when you have to pay out 000, 000 for, uh, for a million dollars for a track coach, that's a problem.
1: You quite literally had a coach sexually involved with a subordinate student right that's about yeah that's i mean forget everything else everything else as bad as they were they happen on college campuses to athletes and non-athletes right that, yeah it's just and again it's three or four within like a four year period i'm sorry the, the house phone's actually reading it which we never I was going to say you're on a landline we do it's it's like basically it's basically free because of my internet and my yeah Okay. I makes my internet ten dollars cheaper, so we still have a landline, and my son doesn't have a cell phone, so he uses it once a month. Right. Okay, sorry about that. But yeah, it's again, we have no, we the biggest scandals again we have had at Arizona since Dave Hickey has come on board, have all involved NCA violations. Right. And not that are essentially victimless crimes, except I guess if you think Arizona is buying players, but under NIL, none of this would have been. None illegal. of it matters, right? Um, yeah. So we haven't had, you know, again, do have we had other instances we don't know about? I'm sure we have. You're on a college campus; it happens. Unfortunately, these, the things that occurred under
0: Burn. right? Agree. But the but things that occurred egregious. under the things that occur, occurred are occurred under Burner egregious, and the things that are follow, have followed him to Alabama as well are egregious. These are major, major problems here. Yeah, these are, you know, it's just the way it is. Um. All right. Speaking of which, getting back onto the field, I want to talk some Big Twelve with Mr. William Brad Alice. But first, Candlelight. Um. There's a lot of kids out there that don't have what they need to be able to get through the day. Um. Candlelight nonprofit organization based out of Phoenix can get through those. Uh, can get kids the support, the uh, uh, stuff that they need. Brad uh, does a lot of great work with kids. Um. He lives that. He lives that kind of life right there, helping out kids that you know. Well, fostering them that. Let's be honest, you know, a lot of kids uh, would like to have somebody like that. Candle Inn is an organization that is there to help kids like that. Check it out, candlewin.org and Mountain Mike's Pizza. Now, you might say to yourself, who's Mountain Mike? I don't know, but it's not me. Mountain Mike's Pizza, Oracle and Wetmore. Brad has been there before. He's come on the show with a cup. He vouched for the pizza. He vouched for the cup, and he vouched for the TV setup. If it's good enough for the great William Brad Alice, who we all grew up listening to, then it's good enough for anybody out there. Check it out, Mountain Mike's Pizza. All right, Brad,
1: where are you You know, let me because- say this about Mountain Mike's. So I want to give them a little shout out. Yeah, let's do had it. Had I still been doing radio, we were talking about this the other day, had a little birthday, Mike couldn't come because you decided to tear up your floor instead of celebrate, but Shu was there, Nate was there, Rob Lance was there. And we mentioned how, ironically enough, we're having a birthday party at one o'clock when we used to go to, uh, you know, IHOP at one o'clock after a radio show. Mountain bikes close to the old radio station would have been a great post game radio stop. Uh, So yeah, go there, check it out. It's good.
0: All right, let's talk some Big 12 right now because now we're seeing more and more stuff coming out. And who knows exactly what's true and what's not. But it sounds like the money that was maybe promised right there is not what is you're looking at. You also read from you know various accounts, you're looking that this could be a heavy streaming deal for the Pac 12. And the fact that we keep going weeks after week, and there's by even by president's admission now that there has been no offer. There has been no, there's nothing on the table, and even though they say they stand together, um, they can't guarantee the conference stays together. What is your opinion? We've talked a ton about Arizona basketball in the Big 12. What is your opinion about Arizona football in the Big 12, William?
1: I think it's from a football standpoint, it's it's probably a lateral move at this point. I agree with that. Um, Now, I will say this. I think it will be more difficult to win in the Big 12 if Arizona football than it will be to win in the Pac-10 in two years when you remove two of the better programs. Um, But, you know, Arizona football, it doesn't move the needle. Right. If Arizona goes to the Big 12, it's because of, one, Arizona men's basketball. Right. Two, Arizona baseball and softball. they got to replace Texas and Oklahoma. Right. Three, Arizona's pretty rabid streaming fan base, to be honest. Right, and for what inroads they have in the Phoenix market. Now, I will say this: to me, it all comes down to money. I don't think streaming's bad. I was thinking about this the other day. You and I, we flip, we watch TV. We oh, look, Duke's on, or oh, you know, Creighton's on. Oh, let's see what Sean Miller's doing. Kids don't watch TV. Right. My son watches TV by himself on his own accord less than two hours a month my daughter's less than that they're not going to stumble upon kids these days unless something changes is not going to stumble upon and become college basketball fans by tv it's right. because they saw something on youtube right my son right now is watching youtube and playing a game on his my phone He's not he doesn't have a phone that's what he does he plays P- ps5 he plays um you know later we're going to go stream something on disney cuz we got to watch the mandalorian um, he had a figure, yeah. He uh, rarely, if ever, watches TV. Um, so we got to think of that. But isn't that most, still? For, go ahead. Sorry, most of the parents of the kids who are going to be college athletes are in their 30s. A lot of them don't watch TV anymore. Um, so if you can get the, and again, well, I don't know what the numbers, let's say it's 30 million, kind of seems to be the cutoff. If you get 30 million from Ion, and they want to make the Pac-12 their premier thing in their streaming service. I think you take it. I'd rather have that than twenty-two million by ESPN. That, but if you can get
0: thirty, if you can get thirty-two million though, and you're on linear and and the Big Twelve, would you take that?
1: Yes, you go. If you're Arizona, and I'm speaking for Arizona, you've got to be selfish and you got to go where the money is. Because, again, kids today aren't – we care that they're on CBS. Kids today don't, I don't think. As long as their mom and their dad and their girlfriend know how to get it on their phones and can stream it to their TV, they're going to be fine. Um, So it's about taking care of your athletic department financially. And if that's the Big 12, great. If that is some kind of super PAC Atlantic conference – where basically the Pac-12 champion plays the ACC champion in football and basketball. Great. Um, it's got to be about dollars first and foremost. Obviously, you need some exposure. But, you know, if it's on Amazon or whatever this Ion, I don't even know what Ion is or whatever. Some If it's on Apple TV, people will find it.
0: But how lame is it, though, now from a competitive perspective, though, how lame is, and we're a basketball school, obviously, how lame is the Pac-12 with Arizona without the two LA schools? The Big 12 is easily the best basketball conference going. I think from, from what people in Arizona care about, like a big Monday with Arizona and Kansas at Fog Allen, that's not something that you can replicate with Oregon State or Colorado
1: or Utah. Um, and from the Big 12's perspective. Yeah. You losing Oklahoma and Texas. So what's a better big Monday game, Kansas, Oklahoma State or Kansas, Arizona? Well, I think Kansas, Arizona becomes what U.S. UCLA and Arizona was 20 years ago. Exactly. People forget what I mean, it's still a big deal, but that's going to become this really interesting rivalry, right? um, Because it's essentially, you know, with the exception of Gonzaga, it's the big dog in the West and they have history you know, whether it's, you know, Brad Alice was at this history. You know, yeah, I've been to a few of them. I I was at Fog Allen when Arizona came back from that 20 down um, and then there a few months later when they, you know, lost at the buzzer, but they've met in the tournament, what, two or three times. Mm -hmm. Uh, They used to meet every year in in those uh, events when it was Roy and Lute. Right. Um, You know, Roy and Lute were, were close friends. I don't know if Bill Self is friends with anybody, but I think it would really behoove, and I think you know, if you want to look at, if they're looking at the four corners, and I don't know if they're looking at the Colorado's hot right now with Dion. Right. It's not Utah's
0: always solid in football,
1: and Utah gives you a very, and they give you a travel partner with BYU. Right. If it's me and I'm the Big Twelve, do I try to poach Oregon and Washington? Sure. I don't think you're getting them. I still look at San Diego State as well. Mm -hmm. So suddenly you have. Phoenix, you have San Diego, so you have a Southern California market, you have Salt Lake City, which you already have with BYU, you've got Denver, and you've got Arizona basketball. And then maybe, oh. m- you know, maybe it is an SMU or someone, maybe not. But I think, yeah, I think Arizona has this advantage because I think the if the Big 12 is looking, they need some non revenue help because Texas and Oklahoma are great athletic departments, top to right. bottom. And Arizona basketball gives you gives you a marquee. And it gives you mm-hmm. a marquee. I mean, again, think you know, you, you look Baylor, Arizona. Uh, you know, let's say if Texas Baylor, Texas. Arizona.
0: I mean, you look at all these programs right now, Kansas State's kicking ass. Uh, excuse me, pardon the language. Um, uh, TCU. Um, I, I mean you have like six teams in the top twenty five right now. But you can't count on some of those programs lasting. I agree, but you I think it's guess point, what you
1: can count on.
0: Kansas Arizona. Arizona yeah and as long as Scott drew is at uh, Baylor, uh, Baylor yeah. you're going to be able to count on Baylor being in the
1: top 10 as well so tell me realistically what conference has a better top three nobody nobody, nobody. Uh, in theory yes Car- Duke Carolina yeah and- but
0: there's a lot of in there's a lot of a lot a lot of questions right there we don't know if Hubert Davis is Kevin Olley or not well no, at some we-
1: point yes but but you, at some point, Duke and, and Carolina will be back in the ACC, but that's a two headed monster. Right. Um, You know. Well, they got Louisville,
0: too. You got to imagine that Louisville yeah, will eventually. Yeah, you
1: know, be but does the SEC, other than Kentucky's the only constant there? Right. Um, Our favorite co- our favorite overinflated conference, the Big Ten. In reality, there's one consistent program, maybe two if you count Purdue, but it's Michigan State. You know, they'll always have three or four. Pro- but if you can just basically. Pencil in. Hey, no matter what ESPN, you got Kansas, Arizona, and uh, Baylor for big. Now, big Monday is going to be hard to get used to, but right, uh, I'll make it work. But let me ask work. you this.
0: Let me ask you this before we sign off here. How many Big Ten teams get into the tournament? How many make the second weekend?
1: You've asked me this before. Honestly, I haven't looked at it in a while. I'm Just take say, it. I know. You don't have to look I'm, at it. I'm going to say between 9 and 11 make it.
0: Okay, and how many three, make the second weekend? Two. There you go. All right. Brad and
1: I, and that's assuming Purdue doesn't flame out again. Because I think right. Purdue's really good. All right. Brad. Uh, for and I'll the probably people, pick Iowa to do it and Iowa will flame out as they always do. All
0: right. For the people out there, where can they catch William Brad Allison? Is Brad gonna have any podcasts up soon?
1: I I sure hope so. I don't I'm so busy. It's uh work's kicking my butt. I've got, you got the kids, I get it. I've got baseball. I've just joined a third hockey team. And right. I and I and I'm well, excuse me. Yeah, and I'm subbing in. I, I'm going to end up playing seven hockey games this week, um, but I really hope to have something because I want to. I want to. There's some topics I want to get into that we don't always get to get into, right? Um, and I want to do some deep dives now that the the season's winding up. Uh, but so eventually, um, but right. yeah, just work. I've been honestly, ironically enough, I've been doing podcasts and video for work. It's right. you know the last thing you want to do after editing audio all day is go edit more audio. But there'll be something, and if not, I'm just going to crash all yours. Right? Not a problem. Always welcome.
0: He's Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke. Jacob Franklin behind the scene. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.